If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 491. It is April 20th. Yes, it's a 420 day for those of you keeping score. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by, plug your ears, Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody, let's get the show started. It's a good day. Bring that energy day. to the show. Love it, Destin. <laughs> uh, yes, Destin Legary and a, our uh, returning friend. We haven't seen him in a little while because he's been busy. He's hosting everything. He's doing six million shows, just lighting the world on fire in the very best of ways. Khalif Adams, uh, great to see you, sir. Gents, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to, to be here rocking with you both. It has been a minute, uh, but we have lots of things to talk about. I was I was sharing that my my last time I saw you, my beard wasn't you know, at Wolverine <laughs> status, uh, but now now we're here. Now yeah, it's looking it. good. Yeah. Go get that uh, fluff factor is high at this point. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> looking good. Well, uh, you're not here for. I mean, you are here for your health, hopefully. But you know, you, you're a busy guy. You've you've kindly carved out some time. Uh, because we have something that we both want to promote. We promote each other. I mean, this is how it works. I mean, you've got, of course, Spawn on Me, which uh, we talked a lot about on your first appearance last summer, uh, which is just a an extremely important show in the gaming space. It's something I highly recommend everybody watch, uh, whether on YouTube or whatever your favorite podcast service is. Spawn on Me is just fantastic. You, you, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. How How have you seen... The, the growth of that. How do you feel about that now compared to, you know, even a year ago? Yeah. It's, you know, Spawn of Me is, is an interesting beast. It's, it's, it's amazing to be able to continue to feel like you're putting out really good work. Uh, the conversations are continuing to grow and, and, you know, we're, we're getting, I'm getting more visibility in the space throughout the industry and in, in other circles because of the show and the work that, we're, that I'm doing. Um, so it's been, you know, of course, getting a chance to rock with you all that always helps to be able to kind of share out the show in, in bigger ways. Uh, and it's just been amazing. Like, I, again, we have some of the best folks in our community in the, in the world and, and getting a chance to, you know, feel like 
the information that I get to, to bring to them every week uh, feels useful. It feels like it's, you know, industry changing in some, some weeks. And it also feels like, you know, I get to still be my goofy self whenever I get a chance to kind of dig into that side of the fence too. So it's, it's been amazing to be able to, to continue to do this work and, and, and grow the show and, and, and build it out. So, uh, you know, that's all thanks to folks like you and, th- and, and folks in the IGN community. So, uh, Bukago is growing uh, by leaps and bounds every every day, so which is which is dope. Well, speaking of speaking of rocking though, which uh, you mentioned there, you are now at this point tweeting with the Rock. You're tweeting with not just <laughs> not rocking with you're you're rocking with the Rock. I mean, that that was really that was my favorite part of that day when that when I saw that I'm like I see I see Khalif and then I see Dwayne Johnson. I'm like that's all. How cool is that? That must have been fun. Who the, the world is wild again. It's like I know a lot of people poo poo on social media and say, you know, not a thing that you really want to dig into because of all the negative stuff that goes along with it. But then some days you tweet out that you have one energy drink that the rock has been making, and he's like, I got you, don't worry about it, I'll send you some. What? What is that about? Like, how does that happen? That's not a thing that's supposed to happen, but you know, the, the biggest name on the planet in terms of entertainment gave me a shout, and, and you know, now I have a a rock, a rock branded Xbox fridge behind me, which is nuts. Uh, so again, you know, ch- chase your dreams, kids. Chase your dreams. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's that's the thing. You, it's it's the old Gretzky thing, right? Like you're gonna miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, so you got to get out there. Shoot absolutely. your shot. Shoot your shot works. You got to do it. Uh, do all right. It. And then the other thing that uh, that we have a, a mutual interest in. Are the yeah. Dice Awards? So yes. normally these happen in February, live in Las Vegas at uh, one of the hotels, of course, one of the million hotels on the Strip. Yeah. This year, uh, you know, the time frame's a little different, and it's all still being conducted virtually. You, my friend, are one of the hosts this year. So you know, tell us about the Dice Awards themselves. And uh, I've got the I've got the programming info here, so I'll give that in a minute. But uh, you know, what was that experience like for you? And, and are you looking forward to, to, to airing that thing this week? First of all, it's, it's, a, it's a, again, it goes back to shooting a shot and, and, and the industry being a wild, wild west of people who believe in me to do cool things. <laughs> it's amazing uh, that I got a chance to, a year ago, go for the first time uh, as a thing that I had said out loud. I was like, it's one of my bucket list items to be able to go to the Dice Awards. I know how prestigious that award show is and what it means to the industry. It is if you ask most developers which award they would want to get alongside a BAFTA, it's probably a Dice Award, right? And and being able to, you know, be in the crowd, you know, last year and then now be able to host this with Jessica Chobot and and, and Greg Miller uh, is just wild. Um, You know, again, massive love to Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences uh, for for pulling me in for this. It was a really fantastic time to be able to not only again, rub elbows with, with folks who I've looked up to for a long period of time in this entertainment space, uh, but against, uh, again, get a chance to interview, uh, you know, tw- I did 23 panels. Wow. I, I hosted 23 panels, virtual panels uh, for Dice. Uh, some of them you'll see in their kind of fullest capacity. Some you'll see a, a little bit of a cut down version of those, but it was a gauntlet, a marathon run of, of, of pulling people in uh, for about 12 hours straight uh, for a couple of days uh, and talking to everybody who you would ever think of in the gaming industry. And I got a chance to 
do that. So I feel very, very lucky. You feel very, very blessed. And it's also a, a, a really cool thing to say I, that I did. And I'm excited to potentially do it again next year. It's, it's wild. And the fact that we're going to have this on, on IGN and, and share this out across the world uh, is nuts. So uh, 2021 has been good. I'm not going to lie. It's been, it's been an okay year uh, for me and for Spawn and me in that way, for sure. Excellent. Yes, we're looking forward to watching it. So you're going to want to watch the Dice Awards this year. They've got a, it's a great show put together. You can watch it on IGN. The 24th annual Dice Awards will take place on April 22nd. So that would be Thursday of this week. The show starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Tune in to basically any of IGN's channels, whether it's our YouTube, our Twitch, or just the homepage itself. Come hang out. Come watch Khalif along with, you know, Jessica and Greg, I guess, but mostly Khalif. <laughs> no, we love, we love both of them. Um, so check that out. 10 a.m. Pacific time on the 22nd. All right. Let's talk Xbox. There is plenty to get to this week. We have our headlining topic here. I want to talk xCloud because uh, that is hitting iOS in limited form this week. But actually, I want to start real quick because I know I'm going to forget this. This always happens. I'll, I'll get to the end of the show and go, oh, wait, I meant to talk about that thing and forgot. R literally, as we were about to press record on this show, we had this uh, story break on IGN.com. Discord, which we talked about mm, several episodes ago that Microsoft was in talks to acquire, well, that is no longer happening. Uh, Discord has reportedly ended its deal talks with Microsoft and has decided to remain independent and focus on a potential initial public offering, aka IPO. This was reported by the Wall Street Journal. Discord has halted talks with at least three companies that were looking to purchase the popular chat platform, including Microsoft which was reportedly prepared to offer a deal worth at least $10 billion. Khalif, uh, were you hoping that Microsoft would close this? I mean, we're using Discord right now to do this show. <laughs> it's, a, it's become a big part of a lot of gamers' sort of just multiplayer lives. So would you have wanted to see this folded into the Microsoft ecosystem and potentially you know, really tightly integrated into Xbox Live or I guess the Xbox network now. Where, where were you with this and, and how do you feel now that it's not happening? Well, first of all, I have to say shout out to the folks at Discord for turning down potentially $10 billion. <laughs> yeah. Holy, I mean, Microsoft, you can get me for a cool two, bill, 2 billion. I would totally take that and be fine with it. And you don't have to worry about any of the other stuff. Um, but yeah, I was I was one of the folks who was like, chomping at the bit. I was like, please, 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 someone buy Discord. Not because I think anything is, you know, necessarily, you know, going to be, you know, it was wrong with the, with, with, the, with the program or with the app. I think it works extremely well for what it does. There is this interesting gap between the way we communicate in the kind of cross uh, platform space um, and what that would mean for a company like Microsoft to be able to pull that into the ecosystem and have that just be a default thing that you have on that console and across that network of, of applications and you know having that work seamlessly potentially with pc and and, and the xbox series uh x and s console is a thing that i was really hoping for there's a, a a pain point there when it comes to bridging that gap with certain games i talked about that often when i would play games like call of duty and then not being able to have game chat work properly and discord being the fallback for that 
Um, I was really hoping that they would get it done. And it seems like they don't they don't want ten billion dollars because I guess that means that other people have more billions of dollars than ten to give them if they really evaluate it in that way, which is, again, wild to say out loud. So but, you're, you're, you'll take notch money, two billion, you know, yeah. Minecraft, <laughs> Marcus person, you can, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll settle for notch, notch prices, Minecraft. I'll even money. take 1 billion. I'll <laughs> go even lower than notch. Why not? You know, you can get me for, for cheap uh, at $1 billion. I'll take it. It's, you know, it's still the three comma club, right? Yeah. Still get the you car know? with doors like this. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's... I can. Yeah, exactly. I want, I want to be able to floss in a, in a car that can fly. That's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> uh Destin, how about you, my friend? We've uh, unfortunately kept you kept you quiet for too long. We gotta let we gotta let the Destin out of the cage here. Discord, <laughs> uh, where are you? Where do you stand with this? What do you think it's, of this? Of this my now, time to uh, shine. Let's talk about Discord. That's enough, Ryan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah, well, so, move on. It's fine. All right, Destin says from now. Go ahead. On the Discord front, so look. Initially, when I heard about this story, I was sort of curious how they would implement it. And a lot of people did bring up, like Khalif did on the show here just two seconds ago about party chat and ways that they could uh, just improve the experiences on the Xbox brand. Now, this would have been really, really great, a feather in the cap for Xbox to have, I think. But if you start thinking about what is best for Discord, they're synonymous with being independent. I don't think a lot of people associate them with any brand. And going with an IPO is a very smart move on their part, especially if they already had multiple uh, parties interested in acquiring them they've kind of just said you know what we're gonna stay independent and we're gonna let you know investors help us shape the future of what our company is going to be and maybe that's more important to them than being acquired by a mega company and if that's what's right for them i i think you know they've done a lot of good in the community they do a lot of charity work and stuff too and uh, i can i can respect that and that's sort of my my whole reaction to it. Like, I'm not like, oh man, Xbox isn't going to get Discord <laughs> or anything. Um, I I think they they definitely considered the offer. Uh, they probably realized IPO was what was best for them, and that's just the way they decided to go. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm with Khalif on this. I mean, you can't. They must think they can. The company will will reach a valuation of higher than ten million dollars if they IPO, which. Yeah, like I mean, Khalif's so right. It's I, the, how do you you got to have uh, some some uh, serious guts to lay your head on the pillow at night, walking away from ten billion. I mean, thinking that you can do do better, and maybe you know maybe they will. And but you know, Destin, I think you make a good point that they you know they they have served the gaming community exceptionally well as an independent company. So we know that they'll probably continue to do that and if they end up you know their their shareholders and and uh staff you know their founders and employees can still end up uh doing very very well for themselves without necessarily selling out to to a uh, you know large monolithic corporation so we'll keep an eye on that but for now uh it looks like that is that is one one uh fish that that uh Microsoft got a got a nibble on on the line but but it's <laughs> escaped the hook and is and it's swam away. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN a virtual private network to watch live sporting events 
TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. All right, uh, let's talk xCloud, because this is, a, this is the day we've been waiting for now, granted... Uh, not all of us, we're, we're not all in yet. In fact, I, I didn't get an invite. I don't know if either, either one of you did. If either yeah, yeah, Phil, Phil, what's up with that? <laughs> None, nothing for Ryan, nothing for, for your pal Destin. It's all right. Don't call me up. Khalif, you're not in either? Nope. How I, limited I'm is this? Out. Who do we got to call <laughs> at Microsoft? Well, so- Aaron, come on, buddy. <laughs> the point is, uh, for, for people not on this panel, there is a limited beta for xCloud on iOS, which you'll, of course, remember the backstory here is just wild, where there was full intention to put xCloud on iOS devices, and Apple stepped in and said, nah, we'd like a slice of that, of every game that's, that's sold through the, <laughs> through the game store and through the, app, through the Xbox, uh, Microsoft store, I should say. It's one of those stores. Everybody's got a store. But anyway... Uh, Apple was not willing to play ball on that, just as they were not willing to play ball with uh, Epic and Fortnite's V-Bucks, and that's, I think that's still in court. But Microsoft just said, fine, screw you guys. We'll just go around this. And they have done that so through the Safari browser. So that's uh, ultimately how this is going to happen through our iOS devices, because uh, I'm an iPhone user and, and Destin is too, and it sounds like Khalif is as well. So... We're all ready and eager to get this. Android users have had it for some time. So, uh, but this, this limited beta now, it's invitation only. You can't tweet anyone. You can't fill out a form anywhere. Uh, they're just selecting a random sample of users for this. But as Microsoft writes, today we'll begin sending out invites to select Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to start testing the Xbox Cloud Gaming limited beta for Windows 10 PCs and Apple phones and tablets via web browsers. Uh, blah, 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 offering you know, limited beta is to our time to test and learn 
We'll, uh, we'll send out more invites on a continuous basis to players in all 22 supported countries, evaluate feedback, and continue to improve the experience and add support for more devices. Our plan is to iterate quickly and open up to all Game Pass Ultimate members in the coming months so more people have the opportunity to play Xbox in all new ways. Those who receive an invite just need a compatible Bluetooth or USB connected controller or can use custom touch controls for more than 50 games that support those touch controls to start playing and testing. So I think this, I, I don't just want to talk I'm about- I'm sorry, Ryan, do you mean a controller like this one that has the, the, the attachment for yeah, an iPhone to go. to go on? You know, yes. sort, of, sort of like one of these? Yes. Come on, guys. Exactly. Like, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. I am ready to go. <laughs> I mean, we, where's I the mean, invite? I, I, would, I mean, I'm ready. Lee has one too. I, 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 I love one. both of you guys are set to roll. This is good. <laughs> I'll uh, just open my Game Pass app while, while I wait for my invite. <laughs> well, you just wait for the download. Just keep refreshing until it happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, what I want to talk about with this, guys, is not just that, yes, it's coming to iOS. Because, you know, iOS is not everything. It's a, it's a substantial market share, uh, particularly in the U.S., but you know, Android covers a ton of the market as well. That's you know, so it's already being taken care of. But I think the bigger picture here that that I want to go to to Kali first to, to address is I really think now as as this rolls out to effectively the rest of the smartphone market it's on Android now, and as it's as it now introduces itself on iOS, I mean, now Kali, we can start looking at the bigger picture here of effectively every Xbox user having access to xCloud, how do you think this is going to change? I mean, the entire, I don't want to overstate it necessarily, but could this kind of change how we play for forever now? Because it's no longer will it just be a couch experience. I mean, I think there is, there's a lot of potential here. I mean, the, the, the biggest part of all of this, like you shared, is that, yeah, it does. It opens up again. Like, people forget all the time because we take it for granted that we have a computer in our pockets at all times. We don't think of, you know, a lot of folks don't think of the mobile space and the mobile gaming space in the same ways that we think of console and PC. But there's, again, a huge market there to, to, to kind of bridge those gaps there. But again, it is also... Now, because of devices that are like the backbone and, you know, smaller Bluetooth devices and for controllers and things like that, you know, my wife is going to be so mad at me now because I now have xCloud potentially in, you know, before I go to sleep. I was playing the show last night in bed and I was like, I can play this and it feels good and it doesn't feel foreign to me in a way that, you know, uh, many other kind of cloud based services do because it just works. That's the thing that is the crux here is that xCloud just works well. You don't have to think hard about it. You don't have to try to go through a whole bunch of, you know, connected, connected other stores. You're not going through all these other services. It just turns on. You're like, I want to play the thing I want to play. And it starts up and you're playing it. Um, and then now having that again across all of these iOS devices, it's going to just broaden that out into so many different avenues for you know, peripherals and places in ways that you're going to wind up playing. It's going to be that as seen on TV kind of thing where everybody's going to have that weird clamp on the back of their bed now so they can put their iPad in a thing so that they can play their games when they want before they go to sleep. It's going to be that big in terms of when it rolls out to everybody and everybody has a chance to kind of dig into it. It's, it's going to be huge. 
Destin, I mean, I don't want to make this a fanboy war thing specifically, <laughs> but but I mean, if you do look at we have a new generation, Microsoft's trying to gain market share on Sony. I mean, this this does offer a this is a competitive advantage over Sony, is it not? Well, Play, PlayStation now does allow you to stream to like a, a desktop browser or a laptop. Yeah. But mobile specifically, I don't believe they've entered that space yet. I don't there are so. rumors going around that they will, but rumors are rumors, right? Until we see some concrete facts, like we, we can't assume that's going to happen. Um, I do think that this will change gaming in the future. I still think there's a latency thing to be considered on mobile devices and such. So it does limit the types of games you can play. I don't think you're going to be playing, uh, say, first-person shooters, which require quick response time. But I think a game like uh, Octopath Traveler is one I use as an example a lot. It is perfect for this because you don't have to worry too much about input latency. You can still experience a great story. And it's really nice to just be able to pick up and go. Now, me personally, one of the things... I've been silently hoping that we would be sent are those controllers that like attach to the side. Backbone. What are they called? Yeah, well, there's Backbone and there's the one from Razer. Well, there are there's several. Yeah, Kishi. Microsoft unveiled Kishi. several. Yeah, yeah. So there's the Kishi controller. And I, I asked a friend of the show, Paris, about how he, he likes that particular uh, device. And he says, it's great. And a lot of other people reached out to me just saying that those, those side controllers are awesome. But um. Yeah, I, I really want to see how well it works on iPhone. I'm actually charging this Android, this like dummy Android phone I have that I use to do it. Yeah. But it is awesome. Like if you're doing your Microsoft reward quest for the day or whatever, you just pop on your your uh, cloud-based thing. You go into whatever you want and you're, you're done with it, right? You don't have to download any games. You don't have to mess around with anything. And like a... a you know, there is some timing with the baseball, the MLB, the show. So I don't know how well that would work, but I think we're going to get there. And seeing a company like Google get into this, Microsoft is committed to developing this further. Uh, we know, I'm sure PlayStation's working on something, you know, but I, I do see this as being a direction that we go in the future and a, a service offering for gamers everywhere. Yeah, I... I just uh, I'm so eager to try this because I'm I've got iOS devices. I don't have any Android stuff. And I mean, I, I tried it. Destin, I don't know if you remember. Maybe Khalif, you might have uh, seen this, too. It was I guess it would have been E3 2019, the last in-person E3 where mm -hmm. Microsoft at their uh, at the theater, the Microsoft theater, when you could go play all the games after the conference, they had a little sort of stand where they had some some mobile devices hooked up and you could using, I don't know if it was off of the, I think it was at that point off of their Wi-Fi rather than off of right. uh, LTE because it was so, you know, funny, that was two years ago already. It was and still E3. very early, but, you know, they had uh, Halo 5 and I, I picked up Halo 5 and it worked pretty well, uh, even even off of uh, what must have been, I, I would assume, a pretty strained Wi-Fi network <laughs> in that building. So, yeah, I'm I'm really eager to try this. Like, I mean, I'll give you an example. So. Um, on at the end of this week, I reach my full protection after because I'll be 14 days after my second vaccine. So I'm going to be heading to Arizona soon to uh, visit. I'm just going to drive down and go visit my parents who are also vaccinated. Who I haven't seen in well, well over a year. And uh, if I could just get into this beta, um, <laughs> I could I could I, I could not ha I could just not bring my Xbox with me. 
Uh, I could just have the phone, the you know, bring my controller and bring and have my phone with me and uh, and still play stuff from their house. Which so the idea, or you could, you know, that would work great with vacations as well, because you know, most you're probably not packing your console on a like a getaway vacation, right? Like if you're right, going right. to a beach somewhere. Well, unless you're a big nerd like I am, Ryan. <laughs> like we we've done Gamescom, and like I would bring my PS4 there because it was the smallest console at the time to do make sure like I didn't miss the destiny thing that week, like Zur right. or whatever. Yeah, you've, and, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So like being able to just have this and hop onto my favorite game to do the bounty I need to do for the week or not miss the cool event, it, it would be phenomenal, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you're, you're definitely. I'm the target audience. <laughs> Which I love. That's what I love about you. Um, but yeah, I mean, MLB The Show is, which is running behind me, it's, uh, it is playable from the cloud. So it's, it fits, it is part of this. Um, yeah, I just think, I, I really, I know it sounds like I'm just fanboy hyping this up, but, but having not really tried it yet in the real world, you know, just yeah. the idea of this, you know, maybe in practice, I won't, I won't find it that it's as useful as I imagine it is or what, but I really do think that this could be something that that becomes such a baked in normal expected wonderful part of the Xbox ecosystem as this generation evolves that that uh we might look back and and, and have it be one of those game pass like things where we wonder how did we ever live without this right so I mean, Khalif, am I am I overselling this? Do you think? No, you're totally not overselling this. I think this is the I think this is the biggest win that microsoft has if we're gonna go down the like you know microsoft versus sony angle like this is the one feature that differentiates them in a majorly significant way yeah uh because again the the hardest thing about cloud-based gaming is of course latency of course connectivity and then also again it's about the library the library of games that you're able to just tap into because those things are interconnected changes that conversation. Like I've had so many folks jump into my mentions over the past couple of days when I was excited about xCloud stuff and they were like, but PlayStation now has a thing. And I was like, have you seen the games on PlayStation now? And then it gets real quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand it. And I understand that it's a service and it works. But again, you're going there to play stuff that you have either left on the table, you've finished on, you know, for the, for the night, you want to get your fix in. Like those are the things. And especially, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic also that this is now coming out during the, the, the kind of revamp of, uh, or not revamp, but like everyone kind of getting back into the world via being vaccinated. Right. It is that conversation, Ryan, about, you know, we're potentially going to be going back to conferences, you know, soon at some point, you know, we're going to be doing some of that stuff. And that was where I did a lot of my, you know, away from away from home gaming was you know on a road trip to 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 a show or something like that so um i i am very very excited for this i think this is going to be that thing that like you said a couple of years from now once infrastructure hopefully gets gets in line too this will just be a thing that you know microsoft was future facing and i remember that gdc you know maybe what was it just five six years ago hearing the conversations around like Oh, well, you know, we're gonna mess around with Azure and do some gaming stuff in the cloud, and 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 Spencer had that little wink in his eye of like, I got some stuff coming. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's coming. I don't know. I'm not gonna say yet, but it's coming. 
and this is what it was and it feels like they're 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 they're, they're leaning into it in a, in a great way and that's destined to the to the point about you know this x cloud versus playstation now i mean microsoft has the advantage here of being a tech company whereas sony's a, a wonderful consumer electronics company where microsoft has the azure service in their back pocket to to really power this thing and make sure it sings yeah, so it's sort of ironic that you bring this up right now because GameStack Live is happening right now, and these are the sort of topics that they're definitely discussing. Some of the stuff on their, their agenda include accessibility and inclusion, uh, production and publishing, and systems and tools. So I believe the Azure thing that you're discussing is on the docket to be discussed over the next few days during that particular conference. Um, I, I think... This is the future, and I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that. I think currently we're in a bit of a arms race between NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Sony. And I would have said Google, but it seems like Google is pulling back on the Stadia initiative. That's still some there, reason. but yeah. No, yeah. But Shield has, has proven itself to be uh, a potential candidate in this, in this uh, race to who figures out online first and best, right? And I think the the one that's neck and neck with them is Microsoft currently. Sony just released a new line of Experian phones, or Xperia phones, whatever the, the brand is, that are designed for gaming specifically. They have some impressive stats, like they can do 120 FPS, they can run in 4K. So it's not foolish to say that companies are looking at this quite seriously, and they're trying to figure out how do we do it? Uh, how do we get around like the Apple situation with monetization and how do we do it better than the competition? Right? So I, like I said, I don't think we're there today, but I think in five years, this is going to be a whole other conversation. Yeah. And uh, you, you hit on something, you know, you brought up Stadia, which is totally fair because that's, you know, Google made a huge play in this space. Mm -hmm. And I think where Microsoft has, I've said this before on the podcast, but uh, Alif, I'll be curious if you, you agree here. I think where Microsoft has uh, definitely done a better job than, than Google has, and it's kind of not really Google's fault because they don't have a home console, but I think xCloud has just gone over so much better for gamers because Microsoft has, has been billing it as a complementary experience rather than like a dedicated Nope, you're just going to sign up for this thing and pay for this thing. It's no, you've got your console at home, but now you, you know, if you got a Game Pass Ultimate subscription, you know, that's where we're going to get, you know, we're going to get a few bucks from you every month. But guess what? That's when you can now take things on the go with xCloud. And I, I think that's been really smart of Microsoft. Yeah, they, they, they nailed that messaging really, really well. And I think that that's the, the biggest thing we've seen in the, in the, you know, two cycles that we've, that we've kind of seen Microsoft kind of get their groove back uh has all been about messaging messaging has been on point since the end of the last generation for them and now with this generation being where we're at they have nailed messaging to the consumer in a really smart way cloud gaming is not a thing that you can just have as the foundation of your services it's just not there we're not there as a as a you know in just talking about north america yeah. we're just not there from a from an infrastructure standpoint we see there are so many technology uh, deserts in the middle of the country and even within the the you know on on the on the coasts there's still like a lack of fiber connectivity 
right? We don't and have 5G that too. 5G is only just barely starting to roll out. Yeah, and and again, like those technologies are here, and in some places they're they're working they're working okay, but for the most part, they're just not there yet. We can't do that as a as a as a as a gaming company. You can't base all of your ideas around that piece of technology working in that way yet for you. It's just not there. But Microsoft has been really smart about trying to figure out good ways to you know, build out this, the messaging around why you want to use it. And then also giving you the connectivity through, through the app, through, you know, just getting into remoting into your own console. And now with this version of, of xCloud kind of, you know, being out in the space for everybody on iOS, again, it just nails that idea of we're giving you more for your value. We're giving you more for your experiences. We care about not where you play, but just getting you to play which I think, again, is, is the biggest part of the conversation that they, they are nailing that with every term. Absolutely. So uh, we are looking forward to that wider iOS rollout, but the limited beta is underway. No doubt some of you out there have been invited and are enjoying it. All right, a quick but reassuring update on Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine, which I think Psychonauts 2 is probably going to be the next major first-party game out the door from Microsoft, I, I, unless something else comes out and surprises me. But uh, Double Fine's official account tweeting, yes, Psychonauts 2 is this year. And yes, I've been mentioning that here and elsewhere for a while, but no, I can't tell you when, because <laughs> someone from the company would arrange for a mysterious cactus accident to happen to me. But it is real. It is playable. It is coming. So uh, typical double fine cheeky humor on their Twitter account. But um, I, Destin, I'm, 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 I imagine you're very relieved to hear this because I, I thought that maybe we would see this like around now, April, May, June. Sounds like given how quiet they've been, maybe it's not quite going to be that soon. But uh, but it seems like Psychonauts Two is the next next big first party game out the door. Yeah, and uh, like. Psychonauts 2, it's going to definitely have a lot of fans that are really, really hyped for this. But there's this odd narrative about Xbox that like there's nothing coming in 2021. And maybe it's because a lot of the stuff coming in 2021 from Xbox are uh, like Halo Infinite. I don't think people should count out Halo Infinite. Uh, Bright Memory, whatever that's going to be, is still yeah, slated Bright for Memory this year. Infinite. Crossfire X, Scorn, uh, The Ascent, Warhammer 40k Darktide. Tunic, 12 minutes, chorus. Like, look, those are Flight new prop for console. Big one, that'll be big too. Yeah, and those are all like uh newer games, or no, they're new games. Like Crossfire X, I realize had an old old game that's that's now new, but right. the fact that Xbox has this slate of new stuff and gamers are constantly calling for new ideas, but Xbox doesn't get that recognition for bringing the heat when it comes to new ideas. It's just really odd to me, right? So beloved title, Psychonauts 2, super happy to hear that it's coming out in 2021. There's a lot of great stuff coming to the Xbox platform, and we still have a whole summer of events where new things could be revealed or new dates could be revealed for uh, some of the properties that we've heard about for in the future, right? So to me, to me, this hits a nerve with me personally, where I'm really, really happy to hear that the team is launching in, in 2021. And it just adds to an excellent slate of games coming to the Xbox platform that are doing what it seems like the gaming community says they want. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to get in the console war territory, but when like, you know, uh, 
like if you look at the other, if you look at what Sony's doing, it's it's established franchises, and we know there's a lot of established franchises coming out. Xbox is betting on on a lot of new ideas with a few established franchises getting uh, subsequent entries, which right. I I think is smart. And I think we're going to get a lot of new ideas from this whole suite of Xbox Studios in, in the future. So it's sort of a reset point for me. I'm sure Sony's working on stuff too, and like with what Sony has coming down the block, that's awesome. Like that's going to be great for your PlayStation users. I, I just don't understand. I feel like Xbox is being countered out a little bit, and I'm really, really excited about a lot of these games. Surprisingly, like Crossfire X surprised me once we saw gameplay of that. Scorn, really, like it's it's servicing that horror genre thing. Ascent I came around on. Dark Tide looks really cool. If you want like a co-op shooter on Xbox, Dark Dark Tide's going to be a great game to fill that sort of niche and need. Anyway, I'll stop. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm going <laughs> well, off a little Khalif, bit. what do you oh. make of that? Are, are you yeah. Are you with Destin on that? Do you feel like uh, there's a little sort of uh, lack of, of credit or lack of anticipation for Xbox based on those games, those 2021 titles that Destin was just rattling off? Well, let's be super honest about all of that stuff. And to a certain extent, like Microsoft hasn't gotten props for the stuff that it's been doing for the past two years. Like, let's be honest about it. It hasn't. Like, yeah. there is a really interesting space that that is occupied by the consumer where a, a lot of gamers are very, very excited about brand, but they don't necessarily take into account all the things that are happening. So you have the Xbox accessibility controller, uh, you have Game Pass, you have all these services that have come to come to come to fruition. You have all the you know XCloud. You have all these things that are that are in the space that Microsoft has spent time, resources, energy, money, all that stuff towards. And if you ask a lot of folks, and we saw this with the conversation maybe even a couple of weeks ago when it was like the, I guess the MPD numbers came out about console sold and they were like, and Sony was like, you know, we have the most consoles that we've ever sold and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting disconnect between brand awareness and things that are getting done, right? And I think that there's a space there that we don't see happen for Microsoft, even though they have done so many really smart community, consumer, gamer-facing stuff that they just don't get any praise for and they just don't get any love for, except for the folks who are like really already in that camp in a bigger way. I, I totally agree with what Dest Destin said because it is one of those things where you're just like, how do you not see that that is good for you? And yeah. once you see that that's a part of that conversation in a bigger, broader way, you hopefully can knock down some of those, you know, fanboy walls. But it is one of those things where you're just like, I'm excited for the fact that this then again pushes the conversation forward. It makes the idea around competition bigger and better in that way, too, uh, where, you know, let's, let's face it. Microsoft took a couple of hits, took a lot of lumps in the past couple of generations. And now that they're on the way back, it feels like that conversation still hasn't, hasn't popped up. I do think that. You know, the games that got shared uh, in that part of the conversation, you know, we had this, this was like bangers in that in that group. Again, Annapurna doesn't miss. They never they, they, they're, they're, their portfolio is consistently good. Uh, so I'm really excited for 12 minutes. Psychonauts is going to be amazing. I know Schaefer had his hands in, in so many different pots trying to make that thing uh, bigger and better uh, and, and, and going to be fantastic. So I, I'm excited for what's happening. I think that the. The conversations, especially around this part of the year, where it's a little bit slow, are going to be uh, uh, interesting to see towards the kind of, you know, next three months where we start to see things kind of start to dribble out uh, and, and see where, where conversations are going to move from there. 
Yeah, and Khalif, I think you're, you're, ahead, you're we're talking about games specifically, but I think the conversation about Xbox, and this has been just excellent to see, has been shifting more towards the positive. Because I think people yeah. are seeing, you know, the, the what's it called? Thousand yard look right, <laughs> or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're yeah. looking in the future like, I, you're setting up the dominoes to knock them down. Right. right. And people are starting to recognize that about what Xbox is doing with Game Pass, with iOS, with everything else. And uh, the games are next. And they're, they have to have a lot of cool stuff in the works. And I think it's only going to get better. Like if this is their 2021 slate, it's <laughs> only going to get even more fire from here. I mean, think about this really quickly. You remember the conversation when Halo got delayed? You would swear that Microsoft dumped Xbox divisions into the ocean, was like, we're never gonna make anything again. <laughs> yeah. and, and now we see that this conversation is like, no, we, we have other stuff. This is not ready yet. And then when it drops, it'll drop. But, but it was so funny to see that conversation bubble up when they were like, oh my God, Halo's done and we don't know what we're gonna do. Everything is over. So it's, well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I will say, I mean, I, it, Halo, after they spent, more than one year building it up as the flagship day one launch title for their most powerful console that's that definitely was a bad like they they yeah. stepped in it on that one like there's yeah. Oh, yeah. and i'm not saying that they should have just shipped a broken game i'm not saying that at all but <laughs> right. you know they did the right thing but it you know they knew it was going to cost them in the in the public eye but i i'm i think you guys are onto a great point here and that's it's it's that uh reputations are hard to change once mm. once they're established not impossible because i think you guys are right i think that microsoft that xbox reputation is changing back uh to to you know that better reputation that it had in the 360 days when it was just like oh yeah every 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 friend of mine everybody's gaming on 360 that's where it's at but uh but it's almost as if the <laughs> It's just that it's like that Xbox One launch and everything going wrong. It was, you know, it was like they they uh, they got sprayed by a skunk. And it just that takes that takes a long time to get that smell off. It is not easy to do. You know, you got to get the the the, the tomato, tomato juice and it's yeah. like you got to keep scrubbing and scrubbing. And, and are, finally, are you likening tomato juice to the game pass stuff that they've been doing like is that yeah, the tomato I juice guess, yeah i guess cause the, it's you know people are just like oh you're the guy that got sprayed by <laughs> by the skunk i don't want to be near you you don't smell good but it's like no i don't smell anymore come on in like i'd rather not i'm just gonna hang back here and then maybe eventually you kind of find yourself you, you turn around and oh there there you are Oh, you don't smell anymore. Great. Not, not, okay, let's hang now, out. Now I just so. have this visual of like 17 <laughs> Xbox Series X's in a tub just filled with like tomato, <laughs> right. tomato juice. Um, but, but, it, uh, but again, it goes back to the conversation of like, where are we at in the cycle, right? We, we're even seeing the conversation around Sony, you know, Sony and PlayStation 5 with the, the conversations around, you know, with the store now being, you know, them not killing the store for you know ps3 and and for vita stuff and then the conversations that are happening within that within that um ecosystem of like some some folks are not excited about you know what they've gotten and and, and the way that the you know ui works and some of the, the os stuff that's happening i keep needing to remind people we're less than seven months into this we have years we have at least two to three years before we can even think about 
a refresh on on hardware or any of that kind of stuff everyone who's having uh you know a trip or a stumble right now we're gonna get to a place where we're not not talking about that part of it we're just talking about what we're playing and, and how good that stuff is going to wind up being so i think you know everyone has to you know as the young kids say take a chill pill uh none of the young kids are saying that uh, but it is one of those things where everybody has to like calm down for a little bit, wait and see where things are going to lay. And then we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene on those parts of the conversation when they wind up coming back. So it'll be fine. Not only that, you make uh, to add to your point, no one's if in the grand scheme, no one can even get these consoles yet anyway. So yeah. anything that's going wrong, like it's just we're still I, I mean, th this holiday might kind of be the unofficial launch of both of these consoles, but in, in terms of hardware availability and in even in terms of the, the software lineup, too. And so it'll be interesting to measure where these guys, I mean, because, yes, I mean, PS5, you had uh, Spider-Man there on day one, which, yes, was available on PS4 as well, but it was awesome on PS5. You had the Demon Souls remake. You had uh, you had uh, Astrobot. But um you know, and then on the Xbox side, there was kind of nothing, uh, just some third party stuff. But yeah, fast forward a year and now we get to holiday 2021 and Destin just rattled off a list of of new cool stuff that's on the way, uh, highlighted by Halo, of course. But then also an, a giant pile of Game Pass games and by, you know, by the holidays, by October, November time, hopefully the the iOS uh rollout has gone pretty wide for for uh XCloud where and it's already on Android so you've got you've got all that like you look at the ecosystems come uh when we get to the year 1 mark and it might start looking quite a lot rosier for Xbox than it did even the year prior all right guys let's keep it rolling here uh E3 is coming up in virtual form this year and the first E3 Domino has fallen. E3 itself will be streamed uh, in various forms from June 12th to June 15th. And Ubisoft has planted their flag in the ground and said, we will be holding our press conference, which they are once again calling UB Forward, on that first day, Saturday, June 12th. They're going to do it at noon Pacific time. So that inevitably leads us now to say, Destin, what do you hope to see from Ubisoft? And, and uh, you know, they're going to be one of, if not the first big publisher to start, you know, to kick off things with some announcements. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Splinter Cell. <laughs> Every Next year. question, Ryan. Every year. That's right. That's the correct answer. You get to stay on the show. Congratulations. We're Splinter Cell. Everybody wants a new Splinter Cell. Come on, Yubi. All right. I'm I done. Do. I have my I attack. Do. Yeah, <laughs> we got a, you know, Michael Ironside's back in the fold. He voiced Sam for a Ghost Recon thing. So we got to make this happen. This is a thing that needs to happen. I've said this before. Clint Hawking works at Ubisoft again. He was the lead, uh, the project lead on Chaos Theory, which is the greatest of all the Splinter Cells. He needs to, I, and he was on Watch Dogs Legion, which shipped a year ago. So guess what, Clint? You're back in the saddle with uh, with old Sam Fisher, whether you like it or not, because we need this. Uh, yeah, I, 
This is I not swear, a choice for I, you. I swear, you Ryan, if it's a Ghost Recon expa- expansion with Sam Fisher and a Far Cry expansion with Sam Fisher and a Rage 2 expansion with Sam Fisher, but not Splinter Cell, I'm writing an angry letter. <laughs> I will hand write an angry letter. That's right. And Chastity's over there now. I will send it to Chastity right. at Ubisoft and be like, please pass this to whoever is in charge of Splinter Cell. Well, Just, I'm very upset. Yeah. To- Strongly worded to Clint Hawking and strongly worded. Like, let's go. What is going on? Uh, Khalif, are you a Splinter Cell guy or are you just laughing at the two of us right now? I will, I will, if Splinter Cell Cell gets announced at this E3 conference, I will run out into the street. I will pre cut my shirt because I'm not strong anymore and rip it like Hulk Hogan in the middle of the street. And yell, thank God we finally got a Splinter Cell game. Because, like Destin said, it's about damn time. We need a Splinter Cell game. It's silly because we got it in every other form and format. We'll probably get like Ubisoft. We'll have like Splinter Cell cereal that'll right. get shared. And then we just won't have a game that goes behind it. <laughs> just dance with Sam Fisher. Like, no, come on. <laughs> what are you guys doing? I mean, my favorite thing is that they put an operator in, in Siege yeah. that is Sam Fisher. Yep. And didn't name it Sam Fisher. I was like, what? So yeah, I, I'm very, very excited for that potential thing. Also, they have to. They have to show Beyond Good and Evil at this point. You, oh, you, yeah. Like, oh, let's like, actually, I want to ask you honestly. So I, and again, I'm not, I don't have any inside knowledge. I, but what I do know is it's been years and I know that Michel Ancel retired. He's gone. Right, right. I don't think that game's ever coming out. Do you think it's still going to happen? Ooh, I mean, I, I'm I hope I'm wrong, so. by the way, but I, I am not optimistic at all. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I mean, it, they, they had a small like dig back into it a year and a half, maybe maybe a year and some change ago where there was like a small snippet of a video that showed, you know, the airships and all the other kind of stuff that wasn't in the, the original demo and stuff that they showed before. And that gave people a little bit of hope to say, like, maybe this is actually going to continue to be a thing. Um. I I don't know it. It is one of those things where it is difficult because games that when they die, no one knows until right. they're actually dead, uh, and people just don't talk about it anymore. But it would be nice so that I don't have to think about it. If, if Ubi came out and was like, you know, development on this game is stopped. We're not going to do it. I'm okay with that. Let it let it be a thing where that has gone on and, and gone to pasture. Uh, but like, I'm still excited for that thing. Technology is, has grown even in the small amount of time from the time that that demo was shown till now. We now have systems that will potentially be able to run it real pretty and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, please, like, let us know if that's going to be a thing so we can all, you know, check it off the box and say either yay or nay or if it's, or if it's dead or not. I would love to know. It would be good. Uh, just, just to, while we're on the Splinter Cell watch, we are going, we are coming up on eight years since the last wow. Splinter Cell release. Splinter Cell Blacklist, August 2013. I reviewed it for IGN. Uh, I had only worked <laughs> like, at IGN for a year and change. <laughs> That's how long ago the last Splinter Cell game was. So wow. let's go, Ubisoft. Let's go, Clint Hawking. This, oh. You got to do this one. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Khalif, how you hear, you hear actors talk about how, you know, they'll do... They'll do like two movies for us and then one movie for themselves, you know, like the, the indie cool like drama and then versus the big blockbuster. Well, 
Lynn Hawking needs to do this one for us. It's, it, you know, what, whatever, everything he's been doing has been for him and that's great. And that's it. It's come on. It's, it's time. It's time. Let's do this. this we need is, a next so gen showcase. Be, this is going to be the Clint Hawking Spike Lee joint. For, that's right. <laughs> I'm calling him out specifically. I know it's like it, it you know, somebody, somebody has got to green light it. He can't green light it, but I need yeah. him to design this game. Like it is, it is within his power to make it happen and Watch Dogs Legion is done. So come on. Here, here's a question for both of you. And I, and I think this is one that I think, you know, I'm still trying to come to grips with because we are again, like you said, eight years ago was the last game that came out with that name and with that character on it. Do you think even besides us that people care about that character in the same way uh, that when we kind of, you know, hear that, hear those, you know, goggles turn on you know, that, that thing just pops for us. Does you think that's a thing for, for, for other folks who have not had that game for so long at this point? I, I do, personally. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think the audience is really, really hungry for a stealth game. I, I can't mm -hmm. think of the last stealth game that we got. And I feel like Ubisoft is going to greenlight Red Steel 3 in a new driver <laughs> game before we get it at this point. It's just like they've been so quiet. They, they like keep throwing him in games like he's a joke character or something. I, they've been respectful to him like tonally, but I'm just like, where's the proper entry for Splinter Cell? Like, clearly they feel he's valuable enough to put him in Rayman Raving Rabbids and, and Ghost <laughs> Recon, but not, not popular enough to give his own game. It's really strange to me. And I, like, I, I do think there's a big market for the stealth genre right now. I, Destin, I do think you, you make a great point in there uh, amidst the, the rabbits jokes that you're right, though, that they are they do care enough about that character to to keep keep him alive, basically, because if, if they really didn't want to make a Splinter Cell game and they were like, you know, these didn't sell. Forget it. We're done with this. They were great critical acclaim, but no commercial success. We would never see Sam Fisher again, but you're right. He has been in Ghost Recon. He has been in, in Rainbow Six Siege. We have seen him pop up recently. Not, you know, not even five years ago, but like, what, one year ago? Less? Yeah. Two, you know, I think the Ghost Recon thing might have been maybe two years ago. So it's, so that is, that's basically, I for me, it's the only optimism I'm I'm still holding on to because it has been so long. Now, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I believe that they did like soft announced, uh, pardon me, soft announce a Splinter Cell VR project with, I think, with Oculus like a couple years ago. Am I, I'm remembering That's, that correctly, right? I mean, the last thing I remember Maybe. was the mobile, was the mobile game, but I don't remember anything on the VR side. Let's see here. Yeah, I, I, Se September. It, actually, this wasn't that long ago. September sixteenth, twenty twenty. Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell coming to Oculus. Let's see. Huh. Uh, Ubisoft is bringing two of their biggest. This is uh, this is from Ubisoft's own press release. Actually, it's an Oculus uh, conference. Like, yeah, a, announced that the Oculus Connect tomorrow. virtual event. The two games will oh. be launching exclusively on Oculus VR. So, so that doesn't. I will I will happily play that. I've got a VR headset sitting right behind the camera, right under the camera. But uh, unless it's like Half-Life Alex caliber, which is pretty unlikely because <laughs> not a lot of AAA teams are going to spend four years and like $80 million to do a VR game. But I hope the VR thing's cool. But yeah, we still need a full and proper new Splinter Cell game. So you're on South Park Ubisoft. 3. 
South Park 3 is the only one that I'd be like, all right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I mean, those smell o vision chairs were fantastic at the last thing that I went to. <laughs> uh, all right, real quick, Destin, this one's for you because you are our sort of resident technical guru. You love digging into the tech side of games. Resident Evil Village, arguably the biggest game of 2021 so far, at least as far as, I mean, hit, we had Hitman, which was three, which was fantastic. But as far as hype, anticipation, uh, we've had two Resident Evil showcases. Uh, we've been seeing some huge numbers on the IGN First exclusive coverage this month. We've been doing on Village. There is some serious audience interest out there for Village. Well, Capcom uh, published their sort of expectations, if you will, for, uh, for what you're going to get depending on which platform you play Resident Evil Village on. So... The Xbox Series X, if you play it with ray tracing on, meaning you're going to get all the full bells and whistles, all the tech technical effects that are that they've got, you can play it in 4K with HDR at 45 frames per second. If you play on Series X and turn the ray tracing off, that will boost you to 60 frames per second on that same 4K HDR. If you happen to be on a Series S, you can turn on ray tracing on the Series S. It's going to run at 1440 uh, with HDR at 30 frames per second. So, you know, for a $300 console, you're still going to be getting a, a pretty nice, pretty nice look there. Uh, if you turn ray tracing off on the Series S, still 1440p, of course, because it's not a 4K machine, at 45 frames per second. Meanwhile, uh, if you're on an Xbox One X, 1080 60, uh, no, obviously there is no ray tracing on, on the last-gen console. Uh, or you can step it up and go 4K, and it'll drop you to 30 frames per second. If you're on a bone stock original Xbox One, it's going to be 900p at 30 frames. And if you're curious, these specs are mirrored uh, on the PlayStation. There's no, there's no advantage on either platform, uh, PS5 versus Series X or, or PS4 versus, uh, versus the Xbox One. So, Destin, how do you feel about that? Is so, uh, which which mode do you think you'll go for? Are you going to take the ray tracing or the frame rate on your Series X? Yeah, Ryan, it's it's a really really tough call. But just looking at these specs here, I mean, yeah, I mean the answer is like really really clear when you look at all the specs that you listed. It's uh, it's my thirty ninety with an AMD fifty nine fifty X CPU, all the RAM I can handle. I want it all, baby. I want four K sixty. I want HDR with ray tracing. Everything I can squeeze out of Resident Evil Village. I'm playing on PC. Are you? Really, you are. You are going to play it on PC? Uh, no, I'll probably play it on Series X. <laughs> You're allowed to play it on PC, but I had to go for the joke. It's okay. You can play it on PC. No, I'll, pl I'll play on Series X. I want to play on my couch because, like, yeah. uh, like honestly, if you start talking about atmosphere and uh, everything like that, like, I just played through Hellblade two times, actually, because I wanted to get a thousand gamer score on it Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> on, on my Series X. And it was just awesome sitting on the couch playing a game like that and really just, like, I, f I feel a, a better connection with, with scary games when you're able to immerse yourself in an... To me, it's more immersive if you're holding a controller, you're in a dark room, and you're playing a scary game. Right. Yeah. So for me, I'll probably play on my Series X and it looks like everything's at parity. So yeah, I'll probably do Series X with ray tracing at 45 and 4K with HDR. I'm uh, gonna go the same. Yeah. I I'm yeah, I'm not too I'm concerned about to... 60 for that game. 
Yeah, I, 45 is, I mean, hopefully it's fairly consistent. We don't actually know until we get in there and play the game and Destin and his team do their performance review piece that they'll inevitably do. But uh, yeah, Brian, yeah, I'm can, happy can to I talk about that really quick. Go ahead. Uh, we are we are doing a preview piece. Uh, our freelancer, Michael, is a huge Resident Evil fan, so he's going to be really, really diving into it. That should be coming out shortly around the time this publishes, if not like the next day. So be sure to keep an eye on uh, youtube.com slash IGN games. I'm really excited about this one. He just did a fantastic look at the last Diablo game. And uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a really, really good one talking about the Resident Evil franchise. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your thought. No, no worries. I was just agreeing. I'm with you. I'm. I want that ray tracing. It looked gorgeous on. Uh, I took. I took ten. Four uh, K thirty and ray tracing on Spider Man Miles Morales at, at launch for PS Five. No regrets mm -hmm. there. Uh, and it looked looked fantastic. I, I I want the visual quality for me out of out of you know. I'm on the new console. Give me the best looking game that you can possibly give me. I know there are other people out there that that would prefer the frame rate, so it's nice that they offer the option. Khalif, what are where are you going to go with uh, with Village? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was I was I was actually in Destin's care for a minute. I was like, I was like thirty nine hundred, baby. Let's go PC. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it'll be interesting because I, I I'm probably going to play on console at the ray tracing, you know, forty five frames per second. I yeah. it, the interesting part about this, because I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, I love that franchise to death, literally. Uh, Not literally, <laughs> don't die, no. Well, I mean, everybody else around me is dying. Now, I'm, I'm the one that's okay. Um, but, it, but the interesting thing about all of this is two things that I think about when it comes to ray tracing and this particular game is, this game, at least from what I've seen so far, is going to be very, very dark. Um, you know, ray tracing has a really great, uh, a visual standpoint when it's bouncing light off of a lot of different objects. So, you know, but a candle light will probably be the place you see a lot of this kind of shine, you know, off of glass reflections and things like that. But since you're in that first person perspective, um, I wonder if you're going to lose a little bit of the, the, the glitz and glam that, that ray tracing can bring. Um, I'm sure you'll see it in blood splatters. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll see it in some other stuff. Um, but I wonder for a game like this, as opposed to something like Spider-Man, where you're visually running past stuff where you're going to see that happen a lot, um, if that's going to be a thing that I actually care about in a, in, a, in a more profound way. The other part of this that I think is really interesting is that one of the conversations we saw happen often around um, you know, ray tracing, this generation of games, and where we we're hoping to get is that everyone is trying to get to 4K60. Um, this is the closest I've seen in terms of console based games in having ray tracing on at 40 frames per second, 40 frames per second may wind up being the new standard for, for, for ray tracing on console games at 4k, which I think is also really interesting to see that be the kind of landing point that they, that they thought that they'd be able to hit in terms of stability on frame rate, which uh, again, the, the jury is out on that to see if it's stable or not, but that being the number that they've landed on is super interesting to, to, to think about for sure. Yeah, well, just, just a note, like I think you're talking about ray trace reflections, right? Yes. Don't, don't forget about ray trace shadows because those definitely uh, add an element of like uh, immersion and, and especially in a horror game where the ch shadows could be cast on the wall in real time, right? Mm. Like as I move my hand over my face, like, that would be considered a ray trace shadow because it's actually reflecting light off of my hand onto my face. And I think in a game like this, really good some, point. 
yeah, something like that could do a lot to change your experience. Yeah, you'll see you'll see the enemies coming around corners, things like that. Really good point. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying on that. That actually that might have changed my answer. Yeah, it might, <laughs> it might, it might, it might yeah, ray tracing on if that's the case, because that's that, that will be something for a game like this for sure. Well, and, and optimistically to, to build on on what you said there, I believe the uh, we had Thomas Puha from Remedy Games on our next gen console watch show about a month or so ago. And this actually came up where he basically the, the short version, I'm paraphrasing him greatly here, but he suggested that the the software development tools for both next gen consoles are are there's still a lot of overhead for them left to or a lot of them a lot of room left for them to grow. Where I I am optimistic that that 4K 45 frames with eight, with uh, ray tracing is not the ceiling. I, th I think we're going to, mm. we'll get there. I think you're going to see, I mean, you always see games look better and, and run better as the console generation goes on and developers get more of a handle on things. And I think we're going to get, I think in a few years, we'll definitely see uh, 4K 60 with ray tracing be, be the norm. I'm, I'm confident in that based on what a professional developer told me. Re All right, reasonable. guys. <laughs> let's uh let's move on here we've got the loot box segment is uh that's our tradition here where an audience member a listener a viewer sends in a discussion topic as it relates to the world of xbox for us to talk about real quick we've got we've got a few minutes left here i do want to make sure we get to the trivia uh question as well so mike take it away hey unlock crew mike from michigan here i'm gonna keep this one short and sweet with the success of online games like GTA Online, Elder Scrolls Online, and Fallout 76, do you think single-player games are a dying breed? Thanks. Hey, Unlock Crew, Mike. Mike gets bonus points for having his dog on camera the whole time. Thank you, Mike. Khalif, <laughs> uh, real quick, what do you make of that? Are, you know, in this, in this world of persistent service games and long tail, and are, is, the, is the sort of core single-player RPG on its way out, you think? No, I think I think I think we're going to see even more of it. You know, I'm 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 excited for what I think Avowed is going to wind up being in that space. I'm I'm excited for a bunch of different things. I mean, I I've been playing mostly Outriders, you know, on my own. Uh I still consider that to be in that genre a little bit, you know, in the shooter looter space. Yeah, I think that those games are going to be here for a long time because I just think that there are spaces where they they do they belong and people are still having fun with them. So I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Destin? Yeah, I would uh I would disagree with the narrative that they're going away. We just saw Final Fantasy VII remake hit on PlayStation in 2020. That was a huge success. Cyberpunk for all the controversy surrounded that that was that's considered an RPG. Uh Neo, Wasteland, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, uh it's more Genshin's more of an MMO, but Assassin's Creed, Valhalla is listed as an RPG. And then like we have the the mass effect remaster right around the corner and we have dragon age inquisition so i think there's still a healthy dose of single player rpgs maybe he's specifically talking about a certain genre though so i think maybe mike i think maybe if you had like pinpointed what you were what you were honing in on here we might might have been able to do it but for your for the premise of single player rpgs dying i would i would disagree with that idea yeah, I mean, I do think there's there's merit to Mike's point about that things are just becoming more, you know, servicey and and less sort of single player narrative in a lot of ways. But but I think there'll be a balance there. I mean, th there are going to be publishers that just chase that service money, and that's what they're going to do. 
But I mean, to use, you know, Destin, uh, I think brought up Microsoft and what they're up to. And that's, you know, they've got, uh, oh, no, sorry, that was Khalif mentioned Avowed. Uh, and then also we on the same, within the same Xbox first party family, in Exile, who we know has two oh, yeah. new role-playing games in development, and In Exile is not a studio that's that's traditionally built, you know, service money grab kind of thing. So, uh, and then if oh, I really hope Fable is not does not fall <laughs> into that that bucket of of uh, you know service kind of thing, and and I uh, it could it could I hope it doesn't, but even if it did, there's still between uh, between the other studios, there'll be plenty of of good quality single player RPG content coming out of the Microsoft family for the foreseeable future. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Again, tweet me vi- your video loot box question, and you might be featured on an upcoming episode. Unlock block trivia time here. Uh, we'll do this one quickly. Rick in Minnesota. This is a good one. Uh, I I actually got this right, even though I'm not a Final Fantasy guy. I, I remembered the right <laughs> answer to this. This is just one of those, I've been around Xbox long enough where I remembered the right answer. So we'll see if you guys know this one. Rick in Minnesota asking, Final Fantasy has been strongly associated with Nintendo and Sony platforms over the years, but has frequently appeared on Xbox platforms. What was the first Final Fantasy game to appear on Xbox? Was it Final Fantasy Type-0, Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XIII, or Final Fantasy XIII 2? I don't know if either of you know it. I'm going to go, I'll go to our guest, Khalif Adams, first. Anything, thought any was, thoughts here? I thought it was Final Fantasy XIII. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I thought it was Final Fantasy XIII. All right, go, I like that. Quick, confident answer of <laughs> maybe, maybe Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> Destin, how about you? So the only one that I'm not sure about is Type Zero, but I know Final Fantasy XI came to the Xbox 360. It was a pretty big deal that that game could be played on console, period. And when it came to Xbox, I remember that being a big deal. So I'm going to go with B, Final Fantasy XI. Well, one of you is correct. I'm happy to be <laughs> awarding some points this week. And it is Destin. Good job. You're yes, on the Destin. board. It was nice. Final Fantasy XI. Not out of the fight yet. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> so the quick, the fun little connection I have to that is... At official Xbox Magazine, where I spent the first nine and a half years of my career, we had uh, we connected with Square and did a fi- we had the Final Fantasy XI beta on our demo disc that was packed in with the magazine every month. Oh. And what was interesting about that is I don't remember the name of the interface that Square used, but it was the whole thing was Log done station. through through Square's front end because that game was cross platform. You could play. With PS2 players, you could play with uh, with PC players, and so that was that was a, one of the earliest examples of crossplay on an Xbox platform. But the silly thing was, you needed to uninstall that beta through that same front end, so <laughs> you needed the disc. And we would get emails years later from OXM readers that said. I lost the disc and I want to get rid of this thing off of, remember, 360 hard drives were 20 gigs. All right. Do you have any more of the discs so that I could, I could, because you had to put the disc in to uninstall the beta. And uh, I, I think at one point we like didn't have any discs left. And anyway, that was just a weird, a weird little anecdote from, uh, from Final <laughs> Fantasy 11. But yes, Destin, you are correct. And hey, Destin, you're on the board, buddy. I know. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. One point. 
I am happy to to add you here. Good stuff. The guests were beating me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we have come to the end of Podcast Unlocked 491. Uh, Khalif, where can we find you both this week with the Dice Awards and, of course, on your shows and social media? Please, the floor is yours. First of all, again, gents, thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast to get in the hangout and rock with you here and, and, and everybody in the IGN community. Uh, yeah, check us out on Thursday, the 22nd. Uh, Dice, the 24th Dice Awards will be, be up there and hanging out. And again, you'll see me, you know, uh, you know, holding court with, with many of the folks that, that you know and love in the gaming industry, uh, getting a chance to see and talk about, you know, not only the nominees, but sharing the winners. Uh, and, and getting into some conversations about why they do what they do and how those games got made. So, uh, you know, 23 of those bad boys will be out in the world at some point very, very soon. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Spawn on Me is, again, recorded live every every Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash Spawn on Me is where you can find that. Uh, you can also check out a couple of the other shows that I do. Uh, one is called Corner 3. Uh, it's a basketball podcast uh, that I do. Uh, the other one is with, uh, again, uh, Greg Miller and Alana Pierce uh, around uh, a show called Presence of Mind that is that is from C9, uh, Cloud9, and uh, Kaiser Permanente, uh, where we're talking all about mental health and how you can get better about that. Uh, and yeah, like we're, we're just running around like a mad person. I'll be also doing Games Beat next week, the Games Beat Summit, uh, hosting that as well. Uh, and we're trying to get all of our accounts to 20,000 followers. Uh, again, we're, we're almost at 10K on our Instagram, instagram.com slash podcast. We're trying to get there. Uh, we're almost at 10K on our Me Twitter account. And I'm almost at 20 on the personal one, at Kajakins, at Me uh, is where you can find those out. So please help us get to those goals for 2021, and, and we'll hopefully be able to knock that out the box with your help. So, so thank you all so much for having me, and thank you so much for rocking with us here in Bricago for sure. Oh, this is always a pleasure. I actually, I that's this is I'm learning right now about the the mental health podcast. That's awesome yeah. that you guys do that. That's that's fantastic because that is just a an under discussed topic in in my opinion society at large, and certainly certainly within our creative spaces as well. So I'm going to go check that out. Yeah, Destin, please do. Yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, thanks, Ryan and Khalif. Yes, that's a really Thank really you. good cause, man. Thank yeah. you much, man. I appreciate it. It's it's a lot of fun. We're digging into some fun topics with with some of the folks who are you know esports players in that space, uh, and getting to share some of those conversations. We do it every other Thursday, so we just finished one uh, last week. Uh, we're taking this week off, and the next week is when the next one will be up at twitch.tv slash cloud nine is where you can check that out every Thursday around five thirty p.m. PST. Uh, for me, I want to I want to start by saying uh, a profound thank you to everybody who watched the Mass Effect piece. Ryan, you tweeted it out. It did go over a million views. So thank you. A lot, a lot of positive reinforcement on that that feature that I'm continuing to you know work on and evolve. So thank you there. Uh, you know, over the next few weeks, you're going to be able to catch me sitting on the couch playing MLB The Show via Xbox Game Pass on my Xbox Series X. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. You're not going to be able to catch me doing that because. I'm just going to be playing a lot of baseball. I actually started it, Ryan, and I'm 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 digging it. I haven't really? played a baseball game I, in so long. Uh, that's yeah. good. See, we're making a new baseball fan out of you but, just by virtue of finally having the best baseball game in the world on Xbox. Yeah, so like you you might have not known this, but I was a huge Tiger Woods fan for many many years and like uh, I probably played that game like a thousand hours, but like well, it was called Tiger Woods back in the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yeah but uh you know back when back when that was like the main game I, I played that a lot so yeah i'll be playing mlb and then if you want to check out my personal stuff late at night i just do direct the cam conversations over on my youtube youtube.com slash lesson channel and people have been really responding well to those so just thank you for all the kind words there destin after dark so good basically basically (laughs) you can have that one for free Uh, (laughs) as for me i want to remind everybody please subscribe to this podcast on our new youtube home youtube.com slash ign games the old unlock channel is no more youtube.com slash ign games there and as for me you can find me on twitter at dmc underscore ryan and i don't know what i have going on uh i am previewing a uh I don't know, whatever. I'm previewing The Last Stop, which has been on uh, one of the, it was on one of the Xbox streams. It's uh, it's from Annapurna and the developers of Virginia. So check that out oh, later, nice. later this week on IGN. And I think that'll about do it. So for Khalif Adams, Destin Legary, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked. Oh, and of course, super producer Red Rigos. This was Unlocked 491, and we'll see you back here next week. By Hellblade. <laughs> hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.